Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with the mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether five, eight, or ten dollars, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. Destination Morocco podcast, the show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadine El Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities. Real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company, Destination Morocco, builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. Welcome to Destination Morocco podcast. The guest for this episode is none other than Sam from our headquarters in Marrakesh. Sam, welcome on board. Thank you, Mr. Astin. Thank you for your invitation. You're very welcome. From the silks of Marrakesh to the old historic Medina to the stunning beaches of Isawira, there's something for everyone. But there's so much more to see and do in Marrakesh. Sam, would you please help us and take us, guide us through what to expect for people who are visiting Marrakesh? What are some of the things to see and do? Yes, thank you. The first thing that I suggest is taking a cooking class. As you know, Moroccan cuisine is famous for its bold flavors and a very diverse cuisine, which is a mix of Berber cuisine, Arabic cuisine, and the Jewish cuisine which gives it one of the best cuisines worldwide. And you can take a cooking class to learn how to cook some of famous dishes in Moroccan cuisine, including tagine, for example, tangia, pastilla, and there is many more other dishes which is famous and which is specific to each region in Morocco. For example, pastilla, which is specific to the region of Fez. You can learn about how to cook tangia which is one of the best dishes in Marrakesh, of course. That's very interesting. And what else can they also do, stating the idea and the term of food? Of course, go on a food tour. Sample of delicious and diverse cuisine of Morocco on a guest food tour in Marrakesh or Fez, Isawira 
or Tanzir is something that you don't have to miss while visiting Morocco. As well, you can take street food. Street food, especially in Marrakesh, I'm sure that you will love it. There is so many things that you can try during your street food tour in Morocco. You can try head meat cooked slowly. Uh, you can try it on the Zemetna Square in Marrakesh. Okay, so just to back up, I think I heard you say head. So that's one of the Moroccan delicacies. Um, I don't think a lot of people will, you know, opt for that one, but it's not really for everyone. I mean, I love it. We grew up eating it, so I'm used to it. So it might be kind of a little bit different taste for a lot of people. And I know when Andrew Zimmerman visited Marrakesh, it was one of the tough ones for him to taste. Just, you know, approach it with caution, so we, just in case. But also just to add to what you have been saying, Sam, the cooking classes, they can be done in, in Riyadh, they can be done in a hotel, they can be done in somebody's home. And also when it comes to the food tour, it's just basically you're just sampling foods from shop to shop or place to place, like in a half a day or so. Then the other one that you were saying, that the street food, the street food is very intriguing. and It's really, really interesting, especially when it comes to Marrakesh. Marrakesh is the best spot in the whole Morocco when it comes to street food, especially in the square. It has come along the way for the last two or three decades. It has improved so much. But still, if you don't know what you're going in those stalls, you might get lost. So just it's, I would always recommend having somebody send you somewhere or recommend one of those stalls for you to go and enjoy your meal. The other thing is if you see a place where there's a lot of tourists, I may not want to sit at that table, but I'll go to a table where it's full with the locals. So that's my recommendation when it comes to street food. Now, we're going to keep staying in the same in Marrakesh area. What are other things that they can do, Sam? One of the things that you can experience while you are in Marrakesh or in Morocco, especially in Marrakesh, is go on a hot air balloon, right? Soar over the Moroccan landscapes and taking a standing views from above. When you ride a hot air balloon over Marrakesh, you're going to get a view, special views over Marrakesh, including the old Medina, including the suburbs of Marrakesh, including the stunning views of the Atlas Mountains. I can say that's one of the best experiences that you can do for couples and especially for families. It's highly recommended to enjoy one experience. It starts from early morning and ends with the sunrise, including breakfast on the air. It's one of, of the best experiences you can enjoy during your trip to Morocco. That's really, really interesting. I know I'm afraid of heights. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it, but I might give it a chance because I remember we talked to Sharif on his episode with the hot air balloon experience and it sounded really, really good. So I definitely want to try it this summer for sure, but also just to let the audience know that the company will pick you up from your Riyadh or hotel at about early, early morning, like Sam said, at 6 a.m. And then they take you to, it's an off-site location where so many balloon companies work and basically we'll go with one that you book with and that's where the tour really will take place the ride should be about maybe 45 minutes to an hour but it's just incredible the sky view is is really really amazing by 9 a.m you should be done and this is what i really like about it because you still have your full day ahead of you that you can still do a lot of things a lot of other experiences and stuff like that so this is amazing thank you sam for that now we're going to switch again, Marrakesh. We're going to switch a little bit of scenery and landscape. What would be the next thing to do and experience for tourists and visitors? As you come to Morocco, as you visit Morocco, one of the things 
or experiences you have to do is visiting the high Atlas Mountains, including the Berber villages and a lunch with the Berber family, as well as a guided hike of like one hour and one hour and a half to two hours is something you don't have to miss when you are in Morocco. The Atlas Mountains, we have like three chains of the Atlas Mountains, including the High Atlas Mountains, the Middle Atlas Mountains, and the Anti-Atlas Mountains. But we recommend highly to visit the High Atlas Mountains. For example, the Emlil Valley is one of the best spots to enjoy this experience, to enjoy a guided hike, and then end by enjoying our traditional Berber lunch with a local family in Emlil. Here you will learn with your guide, your local guide, of course, mountain guide. You learn about how the Berber lives, they spend their daily life, and how they cook their meals every day using traditional stuff. You can learn about how to prepare even Moroccan tea with mint and so on and so forth. That's really, really interesting. Seeing those things, it really takes me back to my own village. Now, for a lot of the guests... Some they like to do hiking, but they're not, they don't want to do something that is really, really hardcore hiking. Can you explain to us in terms of miles, kilometers, and also, you know, the trails? How are they? Do they walk or do they use animals to help along the way? Or how does it work, really? Yeah, this is a good question. Imlil is the nearest starting point for trekkings in Morocco and one of the famous spots. It's one hour and a half drive from Marrakech. Okay. So for the trails or for the hiking or trekking, it depends on your physical. There is low level, there is medium, and there is like a high level. Depends on your physical force. And for example, if you are like uh, groups of friends, if you are families, so there is something for everyone. You can start from Imlil. For example, you can visit the Kasbah, you can visit the village of Aromd. And for kids, for example, or for the people, they can take, for example, a long hike. They can ride mules. I see. Okay. Yeah, to enjoy this experience, to visit the Kasbah and to visit the villages on the top of the mountain. Wow, that's really, really interesting. That actually answers my own question because I know not doing a lot of walking, not being physically active, then when I go to my village, it takes me about two days or so to get through the muscle ache and you know my legs start to hurt a little bit. So, but this makes really sense. Uh, so, okay, that's excellent. Now, what else can we do if we're still staying in the vicinity of Marrakech? What else can we do or guests or tourists can do? One, one of the best things, uh, of course, is to visit the city. The city okay. of Marrakech is one of the oldest imperial cities in Morocco. We have four imperial cities. We have Marrakech, Fez, Rabat, and Meknes. So, by far, Marrakech is the best. <laughs> okay, when it comes to Marrakech, is rich of history, heritage, and culture. So when you visit Marrakech, during your city tour, you can explore the palaces, enjoy the beautiful architecture of the palaces, including the Bahia Palace, including the Badia Palace, the Majoril Gardens. You can visit the Kotobia Mosque, an 11th century mosque from outside, by the way, and not from inside, because it's not allowed to visit inside the mosque. And as well, visit the souks, the souks of the old Medina. The old Medina of Marrakech is like a kind of labyrinth, full of alleys, full of color. Yeah, it's a colorful town and a Medina that you can enjoy. Like you can just go there for hours and hours and hours and you will not feel bored visiting this amazing Medina. 
That sounds really, really amazing. So just to give the listeners a little bit of perspective in terms of the souks or the square or Jem al-Shmar square regarding to the Qutubiyah Mosque. They're walking distance. They're next to each other. Actually, just they're separated by a street. So when you can see it, and it's amazing. The souk is just the market. Jem al-Shmar square has been UNESCO heritage site, I believe, since 19. I'm not really sure, 85 or 87, but it's been quite some time. And it's just one of the must see stops in Marrakesh, for sure. And also in terms of the culture, there's a lot of Berber culture, there's a lot of Jewish culture. Can you tell us a little bit about that in Marrakesh, please, Sam? Yes, if you want to learn about Berber culture in Marrakesh, I recommend highly to visit Yves Saint Laurent Berber Museum, visit the Artiskewin Museum, visit La Maison de la Photographie, and Darl Pesha Museum. As you know, Marrakesh used to be the capital, the first capital for Berbers. So this is a trace of the Berbers there. So when you visit the museums, you will get an idea about the Berbers of Marrakesh through history, through hundreds of years, starting from the 11th century to 2023. So just to give the listeners a little bit of perspective, you mentioned the first, uh, the Berber Museum, YSL. So just to make the connection, YSL, it is the designer. That's where he lived. The Majority Garden, he bought it a long time ago, and he took care of it, and he made it what it is today. And actually, he lived and died in Marrakesh. And a little bit of his story is that he was working at the time for Chris Dior, the designer, and he was not really doing well. So he needed a little bit of vacation to clear his head and creativity. So he went to Marrakesh for a couple of days, but then he fell in love with the city, with the colors, the diversity, everything. Then he spent the rest of his life in Marrakesh. And when you look at his fashion, the colors, they always reflect to the colors of Marrakesh and also the colors of Morocco. So it's a really, really intriguing story. And it's a must-see stops. You know, the Garden of Marshall, you have to see it. Then the museum next to it, you have to see it. So it's just, it's a really, really happening spot in Marrakesh. Now we're going to switch a little bit of gears. Besides Marrakesh, what's there for the tourists to see? What else would you recommend or would you like to talk about Kinsan? I recommend people to visit the Sahara Desert as well as the Kasbahs. So when you are in Morocco, I highly recommend to visit the Kasbahs of fortified villages dating back centuries and centuries ago. I recommend to visit the Ait bin Haddu Kasbah. Ait bin Haddu Kasbah is very famous. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it was used to be a scene for many international movies, including Gladiator, Games of Thrones, and so on and so forth. After visiting the Kasbahs, I highly recommend to visit the Sahara Desert of Merzuga and enjoy a comrade experience. Comrade experience in the Sahara Desert and watch the sunset over the huge sand dunes of Ergishbi in Merzuga. And of course, spend a romantic night under the stars in a, a luxury desert camp in Merzuga. There is plenty of camps, luxury camps, where you can spend a loving night there and enjoy your time in the Sahara Desert. Ait bin Hiddu. Ait bin Hiddu is close to, to my village. Last time when I visited, it was, I would say, about an hour, give or take a few minutes. Uh, what's the best time to visit Ait bin Hiddu, in your opinion? Oh, the best time to visit Ait bin Hiddu. I suggest to visit it early morning or late afternoon because there is an amazing panoramic view where you can take some memories, some amazing photos, a lifetime experience. Escape. 
to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakesh to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com, that's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. Okay, perfect. When I went, we were the only ones. And by the time we left, there were, you know, buses and buses of tourists just flooding the place. So I felt really good doing it early. Now, what do you talk about Ait bin Hiddu? Ait bin Hiddu is the gate to the desert. The next stop would be Dad's Valley and so forth. And just to give you an idea, if it takes four hours of driving to get from point A to point B, you're going to have to make at least four or five stops because the scenery, oh my God, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's beyond incredible. And I know this because I've taken that route. I've taken it from Kliwet, from my village, all the way to Merzuga. And it's just amazing, amazing, amazing. So now, when we talk about the Kaspatit Manhattu, unfortunately, that's, that's what the West know because of the movies, because of the media. But there are thousands even better than Ait Manhattu that a lot of people don't know and they don't get enough credit. However, you will see them on your way to the desert. So that's why I say, you know, when you're going from Ait Manhattu towards Merzuga Desert, make sure you stop quite a bit because there's so much to see and cover and you don't want to miss it. Then the other thing that you mentioned, Sam, when it comes to Merzuga, Merzuga, it's the sunset and then the early, early, early morning when you wake up and look at the stars. The stars in the sky, they just look so bright. It's just, it's something that I have never seen in my life. It's just, it's amazing. But then again, the stars, they look different during the summertime than the wintertime. So if you have got in the summer, you need to do it again in the winter if you can. So that's what I would suggest. What do you think, Sam? Absolutely, yes. Merzuga is a lifetime experience, and I encourage everyone to visit Merzuga once in a lifetime at least. Especially as you mentioned, the sunset, the stars at night, and the early morning sunrise. As you see the change of the colors of the dunes as the sun rises, it's just... Uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can't describe it, by the way. It's just... <laughs> how do you feel it? <laughs> I know, I know. So what else would you recommend or suggest them for the visitors or people that are traveling, whether they're a solo traveler, whether they're a couple traveling by themselves or in a small group or backpackers even? What would you recommend to them to see? I recommend highly to visit Isawira. It's a coastal city, very beautiful small town, full of history. It's a medieval city, by the way. I like it because it's a picturesque city fall of life, fall of, I don't know, when you visit Isawira, you feel like you are traveling back on time and you're not just enjoying the heritage and the culture of the locals. It's very simple, very quiet, and don't miss a walk on the beach of Isawira. It's just an okay. amazing experience. As well, visit the Sakala, Sakala, the old harbor of Isawira that used to be a meeting point of caravans 
like some writers, historian writers say that about 5,000 years ago, which is one of the amazing cities that you have absolutely to take a day trip from Marrakesh or even spend one night in Isawira. It's highly recommended to take a day trip or spend two nights in Isawira because there is so much to discover and so much to see in Isawira. I think Isawira, if I'm in Marrakesh and do day trip, I'll stay in Sawara until my time, maybe 9 p.m., maybe have dinner in Sawara, then drive back to Marrakesh. The downtown, it's a small downtown Medina. It'll take you a few hours, maybe a couple of hours to see it, but one of the must-see areas is absolutely the fish market. You have to experience it. I mean, the fish is just, it's just beyond incredible. It's really, really delicious. It's a very good that experience. You have to go through it to understand it, and it's a lot of fun. And, you, you know, you get to interact with the locals and, you know, you may get scammed for, you know, a few bucks, which is okay, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Then it has its own Jewish history, Jewish quarter. Incredible. Then the city, now it looks very clean, looks very nice, looks very modern, but also it has that hippie feeling because they have yearly uh, music festivals. Ginawa Festival, it's normally almost a week in September or so. So in terms of explaining the Sawara to somebody, I would say it's like Austin, Texas. They say, keep Austin weird. Isawara is the exact same way. They also call it the windy city of Morocco because it's always windy. And it's one of the top destinations during the summertime because it's always cool. So the temperatures are in the 20s versus the 30s or the 40s in Marrakesh. It's always cool. It's always nice. And also, it's a really, really hot spot for surfing. So if you like surfing, Isawara is one of the best spots to do that. In addition to it, about an hour and a half drive, there's an area called Tarazut, which is next to a major city, Agadir. Then if you go all the way down to the south, is one of the major cities is called Dakhla. We have not made any itineraries, but we can make some itineraries to see that part of Morocco, which is just unbelievably beautiful. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sam, to end this episode, what's one of the last things and what are the best things that you would recommend? If you are traveling to Morocco, for example, and you are in Marrakesh, and you have only a few days, and you can't go to the desert, I highly recommend to visit the Agafai Desert. Agafai Desert is the nearest desert to Marrakesh. It takes only 40 minutes drive to get there, and you can enjoy many, many experiences and activities there, including a cone ride, buggy ride, or quad bike. Don't forget to enjoy a dinner in a local restaurants or camp, desert camps. There is so many of them there and there is so many restaurants there and they highly recommend to enjoy dinner there. If you can take a day trip, maybe a day trip to Agafai Desert, there is so many things and many activities that you can experience then you drive back to Marrakesh. The advantage is that there is no long drive, only 40 minutes and you get there to this amazing desert near Marrakesh. That's really, really incredible. Just to add a little bit to what you have said, Sam, Agafai is the substitute to Merzuga Desert. Merzuga is it's a hundred percent of the desert, but sometimes you know it's inconvenient because of the drive, because of the time that it takes to get there. So this one we highly recommend it, especially during the summertime. There are different camps, it's a massive area, and you can have any type of experience that you wish. So whatever you're celebrating, if it's just a romantic dinner, if it's a huge event, Agafai is definitely one of the top spots to host it. And keep in mind, you can always go back to Marrakesh or spend the night in Agafai. Great, great options, great recommendations, Sam. It's been amazing having you back on the podcast. 
And it's a lot of fun to talk to you and chit chat with you. Yeah, if we want to talk about Morocco, maybe it, it will take us years. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about thousands and thousands of years of history and heritage and yeah. culture. Yeah. A mix of Berber, Jewish, and Arabic culture, which makes the country, as you said at the beginning, a diverse country. And there is yeah. always something for everyone. So this concludes our episode for today. Sam, we're very grateful, we're very appreciative to you, to your hard work and everything that you do for the company. And it shows. Everybody's happy and I don't take the credit, but it's you. You you take all the credit because it's your hard work, because it's you and the team in Marrakesh. So I'm very grateful for all of you. And I really cannot thank you enough. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, destinationmoroccopodcast.com, is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then! You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey, tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com. And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.